Hello, everybody, and welcome to my podcast for this week. And I am Rachel Paling, and absolutely delighted this evening to be with um, Claire Crawford, who has had a wonderful, interesting background to where Claire is now. But I'll let Claire explain to all of you the journey that she's taken and, and where she is now with language and language learning. Claire, good evening. Okay, thanks, thanks, Rachel, and good evening. Um, okay, so my, my, my potted history. Okay. Um, so, uh, actually, I started I, um, thinking about my interest in language. Uh, I can say, yeah, I had it. I had it. Well, I've always had it. Um, and at university, I studied, I actually studied film and literature at Warwick University in England. And that was uh, at 18, I, I was. You know, I've been studying English literature, and and I just thought, well, I want to keep this up, but I'm really interested about how you can communicate through other means. You, know, you can communicate through music and images and so on. So I spent three wonderful years there, getting a humanities degree, and of course there was the the, the great debate and the great mystery of what to do afterwards. So I found myself working in uh, cinema management very briefly, and then I went into the for the same company. I went into their marketing department, and I spent oh, I think about four years there. Um, and it was interesting because the, the favourite part of my job was actually helping the, the the assistants in the marketing department write the blurb for um, cinema promotions. Um, I was doing that in London, went back to Northern Ireland and was working for a design consultancy and again I was rewriting a lot of um a lot of press releases um for various events and I, I found the bit that I enjoyed the most was, was helping people communicate properly in writing at that point. So I think at about the age of 27, I decided to retrain. Um, I thought, well, I thought, I'd, actually, I thought, I'll have a year out. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, have a P, I'll do a PGCE and see if, see if this, this thing that I enjoy doing, this, this teaching, actually translates to working with children. Mm-hmm. And it did. Wow. Um, and I spent the next ooh, 13 years working in uh, the state and the private sector Working with uh, well, eleven to eighteen year old, uh, the secondary secondary um, school age, um, and there I specialised in both literature and language teaching English language at A level. Fantastic. Um, and then I met a Frenchman, uh, which brought me to France. Uh, I was a bit bored at that point. I've been doing all sorts of things, working, training teachers and, and running departments and so on. Um, but I just thought, oh, I want to try something. And uh, and that was kind of interesting because when I met this Frenchman, uh, I I had been, I'd had terrible results in my French O-level, as it was then. Um, and I had kind of written off the possibility of having a second language, but when I was talking to my my um, my now partner, uh, I kept finding that these words, these kind of isolated words, were kept coming back, and you know, and also because I've been spending so much time thinking about English and the way that we structure phrases to have certain 
these sentences to have certain effects. Um, I, I sort of thought, oh, actually, I can see the logic in French. Um, it didn't make it all that much easier to learn. But, well, I don't know. I mean, there were things that still evaded me and still evade me, some of the pronunciation. Mm. Um, but but it was just actually, ha, huh, I can learn this and I can speak it and and people can understand me. Um, so and I, that that was that's when I got really interested in in kind of learning languages per se. I also made the switch to teaching English as a second language, right, uh, and to teaching in companies. Uh, and that was wonderful because after the 13 years in the school environment, I was uh, I was suddenly working in in factories and research centres and business schools in my corner of France. Um, and I was I was you know being a curious Bob. Uh, I was just able to to kind of see lots of different ways of of working and thinking about work and conducting work. So yeah, that's that's kind of where I was or where I where I have been. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Uh, what was interesting, I suppose I was doing that um let me see. I think around five years into the French experience, mm-hmm. um, I got interested in coaching for a number of reasons. One one because I was interested in kind of getting over a few kind of obstacles I had. Um, working as a freelancer and, you know, having enough energy to do everything I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I hired a coach. Uh, and and then also and, and got very interested in it and thought, oh, actually, this would be something that would be useful in what I'm doing. So I took a professional coaching qualification with, uh, uh, with um, a business, the business school that I had been working with. Um, as a coach, uh, and then I just thought, yeah, but there's this link. There's there has to, you know, there's a, well, actually, I think I, I think I googled language coach to see to see what people were doing, and, and that's why I met your language coaching and why I met you. Well, wow. wow. um, but that was also, and and the reason that that attracted me was, I think I'd spent so long both in. England and in France looking for new ways to invigorate my teaching um, that I, I kind of was there was always this thing of yeah there's all these things I can do but how can I help students to do more rather than yeah. me to do more yeah so yeah that's 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 how I am fantastic where I am now. Yeah, no, an amazing journey, absolutely. You know, really yeah. that diversity that you're now bringing in, which really enriches the whole process. Mm-hmm. And and sort of that, that inquisitive journey of you discovering languages, you know, discovering French and that your capacity as well for learning, and, and then that sort of bringing in the coaching and the enhancing of the learning so that other people can learn languages. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah and, and yeah and take and take pleasure in it i think i think that's that bit i think i think it's it's really rejuvenating it's really rejuvenating i think i was older i was older before right <laughs> before yes. i started going hey actually there's lots of things i can learn yes. from scratch now 
Yes. And I can take pleasure in learning them. Yeah. And it is, it really is, it's exciting. Yeah. And isn't this now our, I would say it's happening to all of us, our understanding of neuroplasticity and understanding that, you know what, it, life doesn't kind of go downhill at the age of 40 onwards. Actually, it can go absolutely in a totally invigorating, amazing direction after the age of 40 as well. Oh, no, absolutely. And I think, I think personally, I, I, I think it's maybe, I'm, I'm overjoyed to find that because, you know, I, yeah, anybody listening can hear, I, I come from Northern Ireland with this accent. And there's a there's a strong there's not to be unfair, but there's a strong Calvinist streak, which is you know, oh you can't expect things to get better, you know it's it's like uh, <laughs> it's it's you know it is all downhill from here, you know and mm. uh, and, uh, and and you know you're meant to suffer, and actually it's this thing of going well actually that that's a kind of fatalism which. Which is there, which I, you know, I am very well, well aware of, um, and I, and I just kind of think, no, I, I, I kind of want to play with not thinking that way. Absolutely. You know, so so actually, it's rewiring my brain not to not to go into its fatalistic habits. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. The trend. Absolutely. The trend. Absolutely. Yeah. Well done. So you know, you've you've been so you've been teaching English to. Um, French nationals. How many years uh, now? Uh, nine. Right. Nine years. Yeah. And what what have you noticed that's changing in the in the field in those nine years? Um, in well, in, it's it's the, the, in terms of the French market, it's very interesting because French, unlike other European countries, other countries, they they have a very interesting scheme of financing. So the government actually does does something quite wonderful, which which is which is puts money aside, money take you know money money collected from from companies uh, and individuals for for a training budget. I right. think it's mostly from companies. So there is this idea that that there is um, you know that professional development development continuous development is is part of our working lives. Mm. Um, so that's something that, that I find interesting. I mean, I, I've only known the system for nine years. I'm not even sure when it when it sort of was was really introduced. Right. And it and it goes through various mutations. As as for the as for students' attitudes to learning, it depends. Well, I think I think I noticed time the the. Mm, Actually, there is a change from from the beginning. When I when I arrived here, there were there were the there were a lot of students who were saying, "Okay, I, I don't really need English for my work, but but the company offers me training time and funding to have to have lessons." Mm. Um, so there was kind of a relaxed. This was a lot of a lot of students would come uh, and they saw the lesson as kind of an oxygen bubble. During their their working day, uh, which which was really nice. I mean, I think actually, I think if you're having a, a language learning session, to think of it as an oxygen bubble is great. Yeah. It's a great kind of. It's a great way to think of it because actually, it puts us into that that lovely learning state, where it helps us attain that lovely learning learning state. Yeah. Um, but I'm seeing that that's now becoming. That 
it's now becoming sort of, I don't know if I want to say, there, I can feel the constraints more. Right. Um, I work in I work in companies where where time is, you know, it's very much time is money. I work a lot with um, with uh, companies in the automotive sector, right. uh, and and to work with people in produ- production and logistics, um, they 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 come to the the sessions very willingly, but they they come with their telephones because they know that they can, you know, their mobiles because they know that. They need to be on hand because if the production line stops or a delivery isn't made, uh, that that can cost hundreds of thousands of you know uh, euros per yes. per minute. Yes. Um, so there's this pressure. There's also the pressure. There's also this pressure because we're in this. It's a it's a very uncertain world in that that because because technology has disrupted working practices so much. Uh, economics is, you know, the the economic um, situation uh, crisis, you know, since since two two thousand and eight has has caused so so many changes in such a short period of time. Yeah. Um, there is this sense of, you know, well, we have to. It's it's the it's the agile, the the adaptable, the flexible who who will survive, and so. So there's really a focus on on developing what what in in the UK we we always refer to as the transfer transferable skills, mm. um, because because you're not we're not sure of what the what the next step step will look like and where it will take us. Yeah. So we have to be open to learning. We have to be ready to learning. We have to we have to know more about how to learn. Yes. Um. And I think, I mean, that the, the the awareness of that varies from from student to student, or from from learner to learner, I should say. But but it it, it varies. But there is this. Sometimes it's panic. Sometimes it. Oh, oh my gosh! You know, I don't know. I don't know how to learn this. I don't know if I'm capable of learning this. I don't know if I can learn it quick enough. Uh, I don't know what's the best way to learn it. Um, and you have panic, and then on one one end of the spectrum, and then you have this kind of freedom of oh my gosh, uh, you know, I have this 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 possibility to learn, and actually, I think I think the, the humans have a drive to learn, yeah. whether it's curiosity. Yeah. But there is that 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 factor that when when we when we can learn something, we're rewarded. You know, we're rewarded by our you know our brain chemicals. That's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, did that answer the question? It did. Yes, 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 yes. Absolutely. You know, it's it's true. You know, I, I think you're right. You know, now we have, um, especially in business, we have very very stressed learners who are permanently on call so the the brain is permanently on that fight or flight mm-hmm. button um maybe even forced to learn so yeah. the learning circumstances are really not ideal and and when we know how to learn that's going to help yeah absolutely yes uh, what about yeah. language coaching claire what have you noticed about language coaching in the last years um ooh, where to start rachel <laughs> Um, I think, I mean, I, I became aware of it, actually, it was a, I think when I, when I was work I was working uh, in a, as a, as a permanent employee for a French company, 
uh, a couple of years back, and they, it, yeah, somebody, one of the one of the trainers that was used by this company was advertising himself as a as a language coach. Right. Uh, and I think I just started working with my my first kind of my first personal coach at that point, a life coach. And, uh, and I thought, oh, really? Okay, so what does a language coach do? And he, luckily, or, or, or fortunately, he had a website. And, and, of course, I was like, well, okay, so what are the qualifications? Oh, there, there aren't any qualifications. Mm. Uh, okay, and so what, what is his, you know, so, so what is he saying about language coaching? And it was, it was just, well, you know, we, we like to, I work in a free-form way, and, and it's, it's just really conversation. Um, and something, you know, my, my kind of, I just thought, oh, what, what is this? Because, and that, that, that stuck with me because, you know, since, since I took the, the French training course for, for, for business coaching or professional coaching and, uh, and that, I was just thinking, well, actually, you know, this, this idea of coaching as being free form and, you know, without rules and without structure is, is a load of baloney. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. But but he's not the only person to to do that, and I totally understand. Um, I totally understand why somebody would do that because because you know um, the, the uh, I want to say l'apprentissage de langue, um, the you know language language learning, particularly you know for adults, is is a is a really competitive business. It is. Yes. Uh, and, you know, and I think uh, yes. teachers and trainers, uh, you know, language experts are looking for ways to differentiate themselves. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and coach, unfortunately, the tag of coach or language coach, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, it sounds, you know, it's, it's, it's newer, it sounds sexier than, than trainer or teacher. Yeah. Uh, and it's not, it's not regulated in the same way that we can say, okay, you're a teacher, show me your qualifications. Uh, you know, or you're a trainer, show me, you know, show me, yeah, again, what what are your qualifications for doing this? Yeah. So I think the emergence that, there's the emergence of that. Um, and I think, well, you know, as, as we saw, you know, we saw in the, in the, the, the conference for, for Business English, specialists in Romania that there was, you know, people are curious as to how they can, expert, language experts are, are curious as to how to, to market themselves, uh, you know, and, and, and how to kind of bring value added. I think that's the other thing is that I think there's a genuine interest in, 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 in really giving value to clients who are in this situation of this uncertain world and needing to learn fast and effectively and, and in a flexible way so that they can be autonomous. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and, and you're right. We were together in the conference in, in Yash in Romania and it was interesting to see the, the business English trainers, professionals, curious about, you know, this development of coaching because it really is now becoming quite a phenomenon in the language world, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I think it will be, I think it will be very interesting over the next couple of years to see what, 
it's like as in as in coaching, as in as in kind of uh, coaching where you've got the the idea of systemic systemic uh, coaching, you know, or the the systemic approach, or you've got you've got the the approaches which come out of you know transactional analysis, or or uh, I think it will. I think we it's we're bound to see different different strands. Or different approaches to language coaching developing. I mean, you, yeah. you're with neuro language coaching. You're 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 there as one of the first. Well, the third, as, as far as I know, the, the first that is saying this is a, a marriage between structured coaching and there's my word, structured yeah. coaching and neuroscience yeah. uh, for the service of language learning and and learning how to communicate. Mm. Um, you know that you were the first. You were the first one to to propose that. I mean, there are there are, there are, um, there are other strands which lend themselves to language coaching, but are not necessarily based based around language itself. They're more based around what we use language to do around communication. So I'm thinking yeah. of conversational intelligence yeah. and so on. Yeah. But I, I think it's. I think it's almost certain we're going to see, you know, other other approaches um, develop, and it'll it'll be interesting. It it'll will be interesting to see what they what they can offer that's not being offered. <laughs> yes. By, by by you know by another strand. Yeah? That's right. That's right. And you know, as well, we're we'll be seeing that development together with the development of technology and how technology is actually making it sort of like. Um, maybe obsolete to learn languages, and, and absolutely, and that's, that's something you know in your in your earlier question that I, I didn't really address is, is that that is that development of of blend you know the blended learning the the impact of blended learning, and that's interesting because because there is this idea again novelty is wonderful you know and, and that idea of, oh okay we can we can use we can we can do distance. Learning, we can we can use uh, self-learning techniques, you know. Uh, but again, it's it's finding it's finding the right mix for each individual learner. Yep. Uh, and finding you know finding the the best uses of technology to support learning, as well as the best uses of face to face. Because, yep. well, you you and I both know that there are many squandered opportunities in a face to face session. Uh, you know, in a in a traditional session, you think, but, but you have to. It, it is a wonderful opportunity, but there are so many times where where either the learner or or the the language professional just can't make full use of all of all that that presents, and it, it's the same with technology. Yes. Yeah. Oh, what a future that we uh, <laughs> that we're going to be witnessing! It's going to be fantastic. Well, Claire, I do want to thank you. I know that you know now we're we're kind of getting ready to uh, move on to the Christmas holidays, and I think the listeners will be hearing this afterwards. So I'm grateful to you for spending a little bit of time before you actually uh, go across the world for your Christmas holidays. Thank you very oh, much. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it was a pleasure. You know, it, it's uh, it always does me good to good to talk to you. Does. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, and, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's. I think it's that. It's the it's the fact that it's 
it can be scary, it can be uncertain, but I think it's, you know, above all, it's exciting. Absolutely. It is exciting. And it's exciting, you know, how we, let's say in our, in our little roles of educators, wherever we are, can take part in that sort of shaping how learning and, and language learning, especially, could develop over the years and, you know, yeah. the future and, yeah. and, you know, fascinating to be part of that yeah. and exciting. Yes. Yeah, so, Claire, thank you very, very much. You're very welcome. And I'm going to say to our listeners, thank you also for listening in today to this wonderful interview with Claire. And join me next time for my next interview with another fascinating person. So bye-bye. Bye. Bye.